Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. A good number of people wrote in with questions about staffing, about turnover. I know that, you know, city government is no different than many other um, areas right now that are experiencing shortages. But can you really touch on, you know, how how the office is doing right now? I know um, a number of people took retirement deals, and it's, it's a challenge. The public defender's office is still looking for, you know, over 10 social workers. Um, how are you dealing with the staffing well, first of all, I have to, we, we, we try to be creative, number one. Uh, you know, we've been the beneficiary of a number of grants, whether they're federal grants or state grants, to help supplement our budget. So we're able to offer uh, competitive salaries and also really allow us to do some of the work that we just talked about. Uh, I just mentioned our Second Chance program. We were actually fortunate enough, uh, Congressman Andre Carson actually secured the grant for us where we were able to get funded, where that program is now funded, where it doesn't cost the taxpayers a dime. Uh, as it relates to, to the second chance stuff, uh, because we got that federal grant. Uh, we've been really, really uh, creative as it relates to the grant side of things. Uh, but one of the biggest challenges we have is our, our salaries were not competitive. Uh, and so, you know, I give a lot of credit to uh, Public Defender Hill. He and I are similarly situated and in tandem. And as a team, we went to the City County Council, we went to the controller, and we said we need additional resources uh, to be able to have more competitive wages uh, here at Marion County. Uh, the Public Defender was uh, struggling, we were struggling, and this was our opportunity. And so we were able to raise the salaries pretty significantly. I see we have a couple City County Councilors here. Uh, thank you. Uh, because it raised our starting salaries and it made us more competitive at the beginning. Uh, the other thing that we said is, you know, when we had conversations with the council in this year's budget season is we said, we're going to need additional funds to retain the people who are super talented because they're attractive to uh, the rest of the community. Uh, I think somewhere between 18 and 20% of all jury trials in the entire state of Indiana take place and originate from the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. That includes civil and criminal. So the amount of work that's being done is pretty significant. Uh, and that makes those trial attorneys attractive to, to other agencies and other offices, which I totally understand. We have the best trial attorneys in the business because we do it under you know, more often and under tougher circumstances than anybody. Uh, and to the council's credit, they stepped up and our budget increased by $2.8 million this year, uh, which allowed us to offer more competitive wages uh, and to be in a position to retain the people that we want to uh, retain. Uh, you know, public service is never going to be uh, competitive with, with private practice, and, and you're always going to see individuals maybe step away because they want to get out of uh, public service and their private practice. Uh, but our ability to increase our budget and offer additional compensation to the folks that we work with each and every single day uh, is great, and, and we're grateful for everybody in the community really coming together to help us be in a better position to offer those resources uh, to the people who work tirelessly. Uh, you know, the one thing that I'll say is there's a lot of chatter about, you know, how our case is resolved, what are people doing. Uh, I, I think it's important to note that the people who are making the decisions on those cases, those are prosecutors who just want to make a difference. They're people who are working hard, who are not political people, who just want to ultimately impact the community in a positive way. Uh, and 
they're making really tough decisions based on who's maybe a cooperative victim, maybe a witness who's not available or unwilling to testify, and sometimes they have to make tough choices. Uh, but we shouldn't diminish the energy and the effort that they put in to try to make the prosecutor's office a great place and the effort that they try to put in to try to make this community a better place. Uh, and I'm grateful for all the people that I get to work with. Cindy, I'll have you, you know, talk about that, your plans to fill staffing gaps, support your staff. We talked about a reorganization. Yes, absolutely. I, um, I have to start by saying that I have run an agency um, before, and the very critical question for me was, when I first even started considering this run, was how are the Marion County prosecutor deputies uh, compensated? So I went and I did the research and I found that uh, I did the calculations and I found that on average, uh, Marion County deputy prosecutors were earning $10,000 less than any other uh, deputy prosecutors in the surrounding central Indiana areas. Now, as I launched my campaign, I shared with you that numerous former deputy prosecutors uh, reached out to me and the common theme from those former deputy prosecutors that reached out to me was that, yes, they knew that they were getting paid less than if they went to work in a surrounding county. But the reason that they were in the Marion County Prosecutor's Office for years is because they got the job satisfaction of being able to make a difference in their community by making sure that the work that they were doing was making sure that our streets were safer. Ever since um, the change of prosecutor, when the prosecutor was appointed or caucused in, uh, not elected, um, the tone and the set, uh, the, the, the direction of the office changed. This is what they told me. Um, they no longer felt like they had the ability to um, actually hold people accountable. The direction was how is it that we can not charge? Uh, to the full extent for these um, criminals. And what these deputy prosecutors or former deputy prosecutors were telling me, we were not only getting the pay, we were having to fight to appropriately charge a case that we believed in. We were also um, feeling like we weren't advocating for victims. And the term that they've used is the prosecutor's office was no longer advocating for victims. They said, we're advocating uh, for criminals. And I had to leave. That's the type of conversation that I had been having by, like I said, uh, numerous former deputy prosecutors. As time progressed, it became clear to me that the staff turnover in the office was increasing. And what was terrible about that is that there are very hardworking, dedicated deputy prosecutors in that office today. But my regret, and from my experience in leading an office, is that it would be my number one priority to make sure that those new deputy prosecutors that were joining the ranks had the experience, the opportunity to be prepared, the education, so that they felt confident when they were going into the office. And I would make that my number one priority, given that I knew that I was losing deputy prosecutors that had 18, 20, 25 years of experience, and there was no one there to mentor these deputy prosecutors. 
So that would have been my number one priority. Secondly, I will say that in running a budget and handling a budget, absolutely going to uh, the city council and asking for $2.8 million more, getting $2.8 million more from the city council is great towards going to uh, augment deputy salary, uh, prosecutor's salaries. But what I would have done and what I intend to do is I want to review every single program, every single division of the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. And if that division or if that program is not focused on returning our city to be safe, then we're going to reallocate those resources. And I'm going to be looking at that budget, at that division, at that staffing chart to figure out, is there another entity that is better suited to do this job? Because it's the prosecutor's role to hold people accountable. It's the prosecutor's role to prosecute. And there are so many other people in our community who are dedicated to doing other things. If there's somebody else that is doing this and it's their job to do it, it's not going to be on the prosecutor's payroll. And that's our time for the evening. So I want to thank all the community members for being here. Of course, we didn't get to every question, but our candidates as well. And I think, Joe, you'd like to make a closing remark. All right. Thank you both. Brian Mears, Cindy Carrasco. Give them a hand. They did not have to be here tonight. They chose to be here. And we appreciate that. I just want to thank you all for being here tonight, uh, for submitting your questions, for taking the time out of your evening to listen to this important conversation. Hopefully you learned something, I learned something, um, and hopefully you will all go and vote in November. Um, if you're curious about us, NorthShadeland.com, it's not about us tonight, it's about you guys. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of your week. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.